The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. From your favorite source for Chicago White Sox talk, delivering news, interviews, analysis, and more. This is the Sox Machine Podcast with your hosts, Jim Margulis and Josh Nelson. Thanks, Rob, and welcome to a new episode of the Sox Machine Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Nelson, alongside the managing editor of SoxMachine.com, Jim Margulis, as we are recording an emergency podcast on Tuesday night, January 24, 2023. This is not a happy emergency type of podcast as the Chicago White Sox starting pitcher Mike Clevenger has been reported by The Athletic that he is now being investigated by Major League Baseball for domestic and child abuse. And we're going to do this podcast in two parts. First, we're going to deliver the news and what we know and what we have learned so far from the reporting, a statement from the Chicago White Sox. The second part we will provide our reactions. So what do we know so far? Olivia Feinstead, an ex-girlfriend of Mike Clevenger on her personal Instagram account, shared her experiences with Mike Clevenger and also spoke with the Athletics' Brittany Garoli and Katie Strand. Feinstead spoke with Major League Baseball initially last summer, according to the report of the Athletic, when Clevenger was still pitching for the San Diego Padres. Feinstead shared with Major League Baseball and The Athletic in the report incidents in which Clevenger abused her and their 10-month-old daughter. Major League Baseball's investigation is still ongoing. Both Major League Baseball and the Chicago White Sox publicly state that the White Sox were unaware of these incidents involving Clevenger and were made aware of the open investigation after Clevenger signing. The statement from the Chicago White Sox, quote, Major League Baseball and the Chicago White Sox take any and all allegations very seriously, and the White Sox are completely supportive of the joint domestic violence, sexual assault, and child abuse policy shared by Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association. Major League Baseball opened an investigation after learning of these allegations. The White Sox were not aware of the allegations or the investigation at the time of his signing. The White Sox will refrain from comment until Major League Baseball's investigative process has reached its conclusion, end quote. To provide additional context, one one of the most recent MLB suspensions involving the joint domestic violence, sexual assault, and child abuse policy was Clevenger's ex-teammate Trevor Bauer. 
On January 30th, 2021, in The Athletic Report, it was reported that Bauer was handed a restraining order and Major League Baseball opened its investigation of Trevor Bauer. Four days later, Bauer was placed on administrative leave on July 2nd, 2021, that both Major League Baseball and the Players Association agreed to 13 more extensions of administrative leave until Major League Baseball suspended Trevor Bauer for 324 games on April 29, 2022. Bauer's suspension would be reduced down to 194 games on December 22nd, 2022. Since then, Bauer has been released by the Los Angeles Dodgers and is currently a free agent. Since 2020, the Chicago White Sox organization has dealt with or is currently involved Tony the Roos' DUI arrest, Omar Vizquel's sexual harassment lawsuit settlement, the active lawsuit from Brian Ball, a former trainer of the Chicago White Sox, currently suing the ball club and Rick Hahn for unlawful termination based on his sexual orientation, and now Major League Baseball's open investigation of Mike Clevenger regarding domestic and child abuse. Jim, this is what we know so far. There are a lot more questions that will be asked that... I think everyone involved, the media, especially fans, deserve answers. Unfortunately, the White Sox have made it known they're going to keep their mouth shut until Major League Baseball concludes its investigation. What are your initial thoughts about this news? Well, I would also add Wes Helms' uh, midseason firing to that list. Uh, you know that no, no lawsuit or you know at least to this point any legal trouble has stemmed from that, but just another kind of HR incident, I guess we can call it. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely terrible. The allegations are definitely awful. Like you don't want any White Sox to be associated with that whatsoever. When it comes to the White Sox silence, it's frustrating, yet it's also understandable. Like, you know, it could be league orders that they cannot comment on it while the investigation is pending. Um, you have the fact that the White Sox didn't know about it. I can understand like that the league wouldn't tip off the White Sox because like, and this is a case where, you know, who knows how many investigations or allegations a player faces or passes through the league office. And so like, you know, I can imagine the union would be sensitive to like the league putting the thumb on the scale of a player's stock by saying like, oh, you did have this allegation against them, you know, telling teams that might be interested teams checking in. So like, I can understand why the league would not divulge that information to the White Sox or the White Sox can't go to the league to see like any active investigations pending. I think that requires you know, more legwork on their own. So like, you know, when it comes to the league's relation to the White Sox on this matter, like that seems like it makes sense. The thing I keep coming back to is like, well, they, they, they can remain silent, but then come February 15th, when pitchers and catchers report, everybody is going to be asked about it. Like people who have never been teammates with Clevenger before are going to be asked about like, what do you think about this Mike Clevenger situation? And, you know, uh, Pedro Griffal, you know, his first day as a manager is going to have to be trying to put out this Mike Clevenger fire, which he can't do because, you know, they're, you know, assuming it's not resolved by then, um, there isn't much he can do or say. And then, you know, and on and on and on. And just, it's a terrible way for a season to start, um, even if these allegations are proven meritless. And, uh, you know, if there is something to them, that's even worse. So it just, um, yeah, it's it's really a a, a, a gross situation. And, and you hope that, you know, I, I guess you hope like it's, you know, that that there's nothing to it. But you never know. Like it just it's 
Yeah, I guess in, in most people's cases, they would never be in the situation in the first place because it probably does take a certain amount of either bad conduct or bad association to find yourself in a situation like this. But he does have a history of you know bad decisions, whether it's the COVID partying in 2020 or uh, being Trevor Bauer's friend, which is probably a bad idea, uh, given that he surfaced in some of the cross-examination of Bauer's accuser, saying that they were, you know, that she had a relationship with Clevenger as well. Just, it's just, you know, none of it's good. And, uh, you know, whatever direction it goes in, you know, there, there is trauma or, you know, um, you know, some kind of conflict at the site of it, you know, one way or another. And it's, you know, just not good to, have it existing. It is very likely come February 15th that Mike Clevenger is placed on administrative leave of major league baseball is continuing its investigation. They have a playbook now with Trevor Bauer, mm-hmm. which means that Clevenger is still getting paid by the white Sox because that's when players start getting paid is when they arrive at spring training. That's when they get their direct deposits, their paychecks from the Chicago white Sox that, Clevenger will be placed on administrative leave until the investigation has been completed. And as I mentioned with Trevor Bauer, he had 13 extensions before Major League Baseball finally laid down their suspension. It ultimately got appealed, but Bauer missed all of the second half of the 2021 season. And he missed all of the 2022 season, which is why he is eligible to return to Major League Baseball If there's any team crazy enough to actually sign Trevor Bauer, I think that would be a terrible idea. At this moment, he's just toxic waste when it comes to public relations and just would be a terrible fit for any clubhouse. You would have a lot of people not externally asking you questions, but internally asking you questions of why in the world would you sign Trevor Bauer? But now here are the White Sox laid into this situation and... $12 $12 million these days is not a lot of money for a starting pitcher. When you're signing the Aaron judges of the world and you're throwing down $300 million on a player, you bet every team does their due diligence with the background checks, making sure that everything is fine. Look at Carlos Correa. He went through two teams, went through every due diligence to really make sure he was physically fine and ends up going back to the Minnesota Twins, the third team, who decided to sign him on a lesser deal. That's completely different than what Clevenger's going through, but that's just an example of the type of due diligence teams go through before they sign on the dotted line. And with the White Sox and every Major League Baseball team, they go through a lot of due diligence when it comes to even following the draft prospects. They do social media scrubs. They do ask tons of questions about family and friends and who these players hang out with. So they know everything that they have to before investing millions of dollars in a first round pick on an 18 or 21 year old. And I just find it a little unbelievable that if the white Sox really had no inkling that there, that that this was a possibility like you do your due diligence elsewhere. You did your due diligence with Pedro Gafal because you, you're supposedly going to learn the lesson from Tony La Russa and what happened with his DUI and all the bad press that you got there. 
And yet here you are again. And we talked about this, but we talked about it from a perspective of his performance on the field. We were afraid of this signing being another Adam Eaton signing, Jim, because physically he broke down. Mm-hmm. And it is a possibility based on Major League Baseball's investigation. And boy, there's quite a bit of evidence right now on Instagram against Mike Clevenger, at least in the public sphere. And baseball doesn't need to wait for any criminal charges. They've already proven that with the Trevor Bauer case. Trevor Bauer can win his criminal charge and still be suspended a season and a half that the White Sox are paying Mike Clevenger $12 million to never pitch for them. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of what we're working with here. And, you know, the I guess the, you know, there's really, you know, when it comes to the White Sox and, and you know, reading the James Fegan story from a couple of days before when he talked to Ethan Katz about Clevenger and uh, he actually coached Clevenger in single A uh, with the Angels when Clevenger was a prospect there. And I didn't realize that at the time that they overlapped there. Uh, and... You know, when you look at the White Sox three pitching acquisitions this year, Clevenger, uh, Gregory Santos, who they acquired from the Giants, and then Nick Avila, Rule Five draft pick, who they acquired from the Giants. So all three pitching, uh, all three pitchers they've acquired this year have direct ties to Ethan Katz. And so, is their process just asking Ethan Katz, "What do you think of this guy?" Like, is that you know all they're doing for, uh, you know, is it you know? Is it different, you know, in the sense that like Ethan Katz is now the guy they talk to, but really they're just still not ex- doing expansive search or, or a screening of certain players and just count on, you know, their people knowing good people versus, you know, you know, maybe Ethan Katz is new to the job. He's, uh, you know, he's had a quick rise. Maybe he doesn't know the ins and outs of just kind of like the HR points of you know, learning players, uh, you know, just having an idea of, of you know, having that much input into hiring, kind of like Chris Getz. You know, we saw that with Omar Vizquel, how he tried to kind of uh, dismiss Vizquel without saying a bad word about him when Vizquel deserved uh, quite a few bad words about him. And, you know, he talked about how he was an asset to the organization, everything like that. And turns out, no, you didn't need to say that. <laughs> but, you know, Getz is, you know, on the younger side. He's been quickly advanced into a position uh, where he has some power. And, like, he just, he's short on the HR skills of, uh, learning like, oh, this is unacceptable and, and this needs to be dealt with. Or, you know, I got to keep my mouth shut about this, but I certainly shouldn't say anything nice about the guy on the way out. It's like if I have to say like, you know, he's been dismissed or we're not taking comments this time, like fill in the blanks yourself, do your own reporting, you know, whatever. But just we've seen the White Sox just have this issue before with guys just not being good at hiring. So I mean, it, and not even that Katz is the you know guy saying yes or no to these decisions. That's a Rick Hahn thing. But just like if that's, if they're trusting Ethan Katz to do like their legwork for him, that's not good. <laughs> Just when you look at uh, the only pitchers they've acquired are guys that Ethan Katz knows. It's like, I hope that's not the case. Um, but yeah, it's just, they, they've really been dropping the ball in this front, which is a shame because um, they used to be better at this or either that or exceptionally lucky when it comes to not having jerks or monsters on the team or, you know, just uh, de- deficient uh, personalities. Like I remember when they traded for Brett Myers, that was kind of like the big thing was like, you know, that he came, he had that uh, incident in public where he, he struck his wife in public. And, you know, that was an aberration when it comes to like the White Sox acquiring a guy like that. But then again, My- it, Myers had been in the league for six years. There had been no repeat or in six years since the incident, I believe, or something like that. There had been no repeat incident. So it's just like, well, did he, 
uh, you know, did he serve his punishment and he's, you know, he has that in his reputation, but should he still be like, there was a discussion we had in terms of like, you know, just like, should he be allowed to do his job still if he's, you know, hasn't been any, hasn't been a repeat offender in this regard. And it's not a fun conversation to have, but it's just like, you know, it's America in a way, like, you know, people get second chances, especially if they're talented. So it's just yeah, standard operating procedure when it comes to this, but just like, that was like the one conversation that White Sox fans had to have amongst themselves. Maybe Manny Ramirez too had some issues, but that was like a month rental and that was kind of a desperation heave. But like since the late nineties, when they had Will Cordero and a whole bunch of other uh, malcontents on their roster, um, they really had avoided that kind of those, those, those terrible conversations and terrible people. And now it seems like there's been a cluster of them and just, you know, kind of like Herm Schneider with injuries, like were they good at it or just lucky that they managed to avoid it all this time. And now it's just, uh, yeah, there's a little bit of regression to the mean in terms of just attracting, uh, terrible stories because, uh, there is something wrong with their hiring process. It's just hard to trust the white Sox. It, really is. And that was the first thing that Rick Hahn said after Tony LaRusso's press conference that he was retiring. So a couple days before the end of the 2022 regular season that the White Sox have to regain the trust of the fan base. Well, here we are January 24th. And I think you have no chance of gaining the trust of the White Sox fan base for this season. You haven't even gotten to spring training. What is there to trust? You didn't, make enough impact moves in the off season. The first impact move supposedly that you made this off season and jumped the entire starting pitching market and have routinely tried to sell the idea to white Sox fans was Mike Clevenger. There's a good chance he's going to get suspended. So here you are now down to a four man starting rotation. There's nobody left in free agency unless you really like Michael Waka or Zach Greinke to replace Clevenger's spot in the starting rotation as we don't have any idea on how long the suspension will be for Clevenger. And quite frankly, I never want to see Mike Clevenger pitch for the Chicago White Sox. The fan in me doesn't want anyone like Mike Clevenger pitch for my favorite team. It's not worth it. He's not that good. In a way, I just wish the White Sox would be like, allegations are just too severe. And while we appreciate Major League Baseball's investigation, we're going in another direction and just cut ties. That's how I feel right now. That's what I want the White Sox to do. I just want them to cut ties and move on. And MLB's investigation will determine Clevenger's future with whatever team that he would possibly sign for with the other 29 teams available. But I really need the White Sox to just know. Yeah, we're done. We made a mistake here. We didn't do our due diligence. We're cutting ties now, and we're going to go in another direction in our starting rotation. That's that's what I want the White Sox to say. I guess when it comes to that approach, like it would be satisfying in one regard. On the other, I'm pretty sure it means they would have to pay Clevenger $12 million. And like no matter what happens, like in terms of like, you know, versus having him on the roster – and then waiting to see if the league suspends him. And so if the league does suspend him, whether it's, you know, partial season, full season, like, you know, Clevenger doesn't get paid and then they can cut him. Like, you know, it's a case where like, you know, he gets double punishment in terms of financially punished and then you're punished by the team. So, I mean, I can see the, uh, you know, not value, but just like the, um, you know, that it is a double punishment and holding on to him 
while trying to move on just because then, you know, as long as the White Sox have him under their employ, uh, the punishment can still take effect and they don't have to pay him that 12 million or partial of that 12 million versus cutting him right now. They would own that money. Like, unless there's, you know, a, a case where like, you know, another team picks him up and then he gets suspended and you know, the team that picked him up is only on the hook for, you know, 750,000 or something like that. But yeah, I, I think that's, you know, kind of how I look at Clevenger right now is that like, it's, you know, if the White Sox want to keep him on the roster and let the process play out, but make plans to not have to or ever use him, like, fine, great. Like, that, I think that's what they should be doing. Um, but um, it's just a, it's a terrible start. Because I'm thinking, like, even what's the best case scenario here? That, like, Clevenger is innocent and the allegations are completely unfounded. Um, you know, I guess that's best case scenario in it's still not great because then you have like a woman who's you know clearly struggling with you know kids that are struggling. So it's not like a feel good story there either. So there's that, but like even a Clevenger, like nobody's going to trust him. Like, and there's, there were reasons not to trust him before just, you know, with his behavior and, and, uh, and what, you know, I would have called before this incident immaturity. It could be a lot more dangerous than immaturity at this point. Um, but you know, just, there's no way for anybody to really like him. Uh, you know, there, there will be some that'll put performance first. There's always some fans who say like, this is entertainment. I want the white Sox to do well. I don't care about, you know, I don't expect players to be angels and that's how they would dismiss it. Um, and you know, that's, that's a certainly a mindset to have, but I think most fans would just say like, man, I don't like rooting for this guy. Like, you know, especially to go from like Johnny Cueto, who we talked about this a couple weeks ago, you know, where I said that, you know, Cueto's, uh, fan experience was like an A plus just, you know, from the personality to the performance to the reliability, like, yeah, thumbs up. Uh, that's great. And then you go to Clevenger, who's already an F and like, you know, what's he going to get to at best? Like a D like in terms of like performs well, has no incident. You still feel kind of gross about it. Like that's really what we're looking at here. So, you know, when, when we were talking about like what the white Sox can do, it's like really an administrative discussion, like whether they want to just wipe their hands of it or see if they can, yeah, I, I guess let the league punish him while still having him on the payroll, but which means he wouldn't get paid, but it's all just, you know, none of it's going to be sad. There's no real satisfying conclusion to this aside from just, you know, a complete, yeah. And like you said, a thorough cleansing is probably the most satisfying, but like it also Clevenger still gets paid. You know, he still gets his payday. So it's just, none of it's great. Yeah. I don't care about the White Sox books. They, they don't care about how much I pay at the stadium. Oh, no, I, I don't care about the White Sox books. I care about like Clevenger getting paid for, to do nothing. And in, to, in, in, you know, he could be getting paid for being a monster in a way getting paid to do nothing because he had these terrible. So just, you know, that's, that's kind of how I look at it. It's just like, well, you know, he's, he doesn't face a financial punishment if the White Sox cut him. Or he might be able to skirt a financial punishment if the White Sox cut him right now. I get that. I, I can understand that point. But now here are the White Sox. If they go this route, they're going to remain quiet because they've already sent the statement out. We're not commenting on this until the investigation's completed. So White Sox fans and everyone is going to be strung along here mm -hmm. for this entire journey until the investigation is over. And as I mentioned, the Trevor Bauer investigation that started in June and that was not completed until April. Like we could have this go through most of the 2023 season, which the status is completely up in the air when it comes to Mike Clevenger. And you have this terrible 
taste in everyone's mouth that's watching the Chicago White Sox and asking the question, how could this happen? And the White Sox are not going to say anything. And they're just going to continue to point at Major League Baseball to resolve this situation for them, which I don't even know what the White Sox internally are rooting for, Mm -hmm. honestly, because two days ago, the pitching coach thought that they could make Mike Clevenger a number one or number two again based on the adjustments. Well, you're well, one, those quotes do not age well at all. Ethan Mm -hmm. Katz Two, if Clevenger is placed on administrative leave, he's not part of your spring training camp. So whatever adjustments that you are planning to make with them, those aren't happening. And if he does get reinstated by major league baseball, he's going to have to have his own spring training in Charlotte to get warmed up. You're not coaching him then. And you're already in the middle of the regular season. So poof, Whatever plan that you had for Mike Clevenger is gone. Is gone. Yeah. No, really, the uh, like when it comes to like the best thing they could do, it's probably, you know, in terms of if they want the investigation to play out, would be to try to sign a Michael Waka type and just talk about like how he's going to help stabilize the fifth spot. Say nothing about Clevenger, but just say like, uh, yeah, even if Clevenger's still in the roster, say like, well, we're here, My, you know, yeah, Michael Walker to start the fifth spot. Well, by Clevenger. Well, we have Michael Walker here to take the fifth spot. Like it could just talk around it completely and just, you know, that'd probably be the way to do it. But that would cost, that would mean like Michael Walker would run the risk of costing whatever he costs plus 12 million because, you know, theoretically they're paying for two, you know, and, and, you know, they don't want to do that because, uh, you know, they don't want to pay anybody really when it comes to the, they're theoretically up against their limit. But I mean, ideally, I think that would be like the best way, you know, in terms of just the financial punishment plus, you know, making sure that Clevenger isn't even needed for the White Sox would be to do something like that to where like they can maintain their silence, but also their actions are doing the speaking and that they've moved on. But I, I sincerely doubt that's going to be the case. How do you think the other 29 teams would handle Rick Hahn after this? Oh, uh, I mean, there'd be a lot of reasons to fire Rick Hahn. <laughs> Just like, I mean, he's yeah. again, he's got an active lawsuit that lists him first and the Chicago White Sox second about a wrongful termination. I mean, he might be under investigation by Major League Baseball. Yeah, that lawsuit, I don't really know what to, like, the thing about that lawsuit is it's the only one the White Sox have spoken out against. Like, everything else they've been silent about, DUI, Omar Vizquel, uh, now Clevenger, that's the only one where he said, like, we will defend ourselves, you know, all the way to the, you know, uh, to the end of the judicial process. And I, I thought that was odd, and I don't know if it's because Han was named, and so they had to defend their guy, or whether it's because they really do believe it's without merit. But, yeah, that's... That's the one, you know, one thing that kind of jumps out to me in terms of separating that lawsuit from all the other ones. But it's all, yeah, just, you know, we're, we're talking about, like, guys who shouldn't have a job already. Like, you know, Clevenger should have been the White Sox solution to begin with. Han should have, you know, Han should have been fired in 2016. Like, you know, it just, you can keep going around and around in terms of just the White Sox insularity. And, that you know, that's why I kind of go back to, you know, thinking about like is Ethan Katz tasked with doing all the screening for all their pitching acquisitions? Cause if so, like uh, he's not qualified to do that. Uh, and uh, you know, just if you hire new people and then still only trust them and really only, you know, still don't seek outside input or, 
outside due diligence, you know, as part of a due diligence on a guy, like, and then you're still having the same process of just, you know, going around and around with the same people aren't qualified to do their jobs. I just, if you have a hundred million dollar pay, well, 180, sorry, you said a hundred, uh, 180. Sorry. Yeah. And if Jerry tells Rick, we can't even sign Michael Waka because we've already spent the money that we could this off season, your SOL, you got to go with Davis Martin or, or Sean Burke. I would have to think another owner of the other 29 teams would just look at Rick Hahn and be like, you continue to spend my money poorly. You know, unfortunately, we've already come across terrible luck, Rick. Our closer's got cancer. Mm-hmm. And we don't know if he's coming back this season. That's $14 million. The guy you just signed for $8 million this year and got to pay him $4 million next year when he opts out or when we definitely opt out from a White Sox perspective is being under investigation for domestic and child abuse. Like, what are we doing here, Rick? Yeah. No, it's... Yeah, no, just... We've had this discussion, but yeah, it's, it's funny. Like we had this discussion, you know, when it was amusing, you know, kind of with the Adam LaRoche thing and just the, uh, you know, Chris sale cutting up the jerseys thing. Like it was absurd. You know, those, those situations were absurd, but you could laugh about them. And I just like, God, this is embarrassing. But also like a lot of people are getting enjoyment out of this. Like it's, you know, it's, they're a laughing stock. Um, yeah, I guess would be the way to put it. And you know, we thought he should have been fired there, but now it's, yeah, as you mentioned, just kind of getting grosser and grosser and grosser. And there's still no real evidence of competence. Uh, so like, you know, and to go back to Clevenger, you know, it, it's kind of like the same thing. It's like when we discussed the White Sox acquiring Clevenger, it was for, you know, most of the reasons we didn't like, we didn't have to go into the personality thing or the, you know, his, his behavior or his, uh, you know, just reputation and, and, the ways his name had surfaced in some pretty bad stories or just, you know, at the, at the, uh, very, you know, I guess lightest, you could say unflattering stories. Uh, now you can say very severe stories. You know, it's, we didn't have to get to that point because he just wasn't that good. It's just like, we didn't have to, like, we didn't say like, Oh, now we're balancing production versus whether this guy is a, a, you know, a, a bad person to be around. Like we didn't have to get to that point. And it's kind of the same thing with Rick Hahn in, in, in the White Sox front office. Like now we're getting to the point where just like there are more and more of these just HR problems of just uh, the White Sox, you know, green lighting ideas to bring in guys with criminal charges against them or under investigation or having dismissed guys uh, try to do it quietly because of lawsuits that end in settlements. It's just like, it's, I, I don't, you know, like you said, like, you know, what would, you know, 29 other teams with Rick Hahn, they would have hired him. Yeah. They would have fired him years ago. And that's a case. Like we could have been talking about Rick Hahn being fired for years, you know, years ago because of just his baseball performance. We don't have to get to this stuff. And now we still have to get to this stuff because just things are getting worse somehow. Today is another day in which it's really hard to be a White Sox fan. They are not making it easy. And There are no amount of hype videos and there are no amount of, well, let's throw out these loose rumors to Ken Rosenthal about Nikki Lopez, which the timing of that is totally sus to use a Gen Z term. Uh, 
Yeah, very convenient. All of a sudden, the White Sox are talking to the Kansas City Royals about Nicky Lopez at second base. What a great way to try to cause a distraction from this particular story. You know, you're lucky that the Baseball Hall of Fame elected Scott Rowland, which I am now just mentioning that he's the only one elected to the Hall of Fame because that's going to be the main headline story on MLB Network tomorrow morning. But after they're done with the 10 minutes of Scott Rowland, they're going to talk about Mike Clevenger because this also just Mm -hmm. follows up right behind his buddy, Trevor Bauer, who's a free agent that no one's going to sign in Major League Baseball because the way he behaves off the field. And it's going to be your logo next to Mike Clevenger's face because he's on your team. And you said in October you wanted to regain the trust from White Sox fans. It is late January, and you have nuked that in 2023, Rickon. There is no reason for anyone to trust you and the White Sox organization until there are new voices and faces that are calling the shots. Yeah, I was thinking when you talk about the 29 other teams and just thinking about like how, you know, I guess in what situation would, you know, I guess how would teams like in certain stages be signed Clevenger? Like what would be like the case of a team signing him uh, where they could get out, you know, from under this, like with the, the least disruption? I could see it being like a team like the Tigers or the Royals or something like that. Signing a guy like to flip them, being like, oh, we just, you know, signed Clevenger. Well, the Royals just did this. They just signed a role this chat. Yeah. Which is something that I didn't think they would do under Dane Moore, but under new management, I guess yeah. this is the direction the Royals go now. But I could just see like a case where like, oh, we know the, you know, we've seen what Clevenger's done in the past, but we only want him around for four months, you know, at, at the most. You were hoping it's three and that we can trade him for somebody who's uh, more productive for our team in the long run. And, you know, then there's something like this pops up and they can say like, well, we're just going to let the investigation run its course. We're not contending anyway, so we can just plan to do without him, that sort of thing. But this is like you sign this guy to to solve a problem. Like that's the thing with Clevenger. Like th- th- that's what makes this so puts the White Sox really in a corner when it tries to, you know, when they try to, I guess, let the process work its course and hope that there's a, you know, resolution that somehow works for them on the other side of this is that they saw, you know, Clevenger wasn't there just to provide, you know, value uh, that didn't really impact their team in 2023. And so like, if he never pitches, no big deal. Uh, they wanted him to shore up the rotation, to do what Johnny Cueto did last year or come close to it uh, in, in terms of like providing 25 plus good starts. Uh, you know, so it's not, they can't just say like, oh, we took a gamble on a guy who, um, you know, we thought could put his maturity issues past him, you know, as, as other teams might do with lower aspirations. Like when you sign a guy to be a six month player and to provide 25 plus starts of value that does um, endorse that player. I think more strongly in saying like, we believe this guy is going to be a part of this. Um, And I think that's what makes this really troubling for the white Sox. Um, They don't, they, they can't just um, say, yeah, we're pursuing value. Like the world's the world is Chapman. Like, we're just pursuing value. We might be holding our noses too, but we think that we can, we're gambling that we can trade him for somebody better that everybody will like, like that's not the ha- that that was never going to be the case here. Um, yeah, certainly not going to happen now. Uh, but yeah, that's why it's just, they, he got their stamp 
uh, when they acquired him to solve this problem, be a fixture who, as you mentioned, Ethan Katz saying he could be a number one or a number two type. Like you don't say that about a rental that you don't feel right. strongly about or, you know, that, that you trust. Like the White Sox trusted him and it looks like uh, the early returns are that they're going to get severely burned. My new offseason grade is a D minus. It's not enough because of Andrew Benatendi, but it's it's a D minus. And hopefully with the largest contract in White Sox history given to Andrew Benatendi that they did their due diligence and we're not going to have some type of harassment investigation against Andrew Benatendi in the uh, upcoming days or weeks or months going into this season. But this is a absolutely terrible look. Yeah. On the White Sox. Yeah, Yeah, the thing with Ben and Tendy, though, is like, you know, if that news came out, like, I think everybody would be surprised. With Clevenger, there's just enough about him, like, in terms of just his name surfacing and everything, where just everybody goes like, oh, yeah, I guess I can, you know, like, I guess guess those things were true. Or at least, like, you can lead you to believe that. Or at least, you know, when it comes to being mentioned in Trevor Bauer's uh, accuser's cross-examination, just like, well, he's been associated with with uh, terrible things before, so why not? Like, yeah, that's that's kind of that's why it's really, um, you know, I, I, should this be true? You know, should these allegations hold up or even like partially hold up? Like, uh, it, it's that's why it's especially damning for the White Sox because like nobody's going to be completely surprised. Ben Intendi, sure, like, yeah, there's nothing there in his history. His, you know, record is, you know, just reputation, interaction, social media, et cetera. They're just saying like that, you know, anything suggesting this is possible. Clevenger, there's like enough to be like, yeah, it fits a profile after, so, you know, not to this extent, but like it's a continuation of a pattern to a terrible degree, but it does continue a certain, uh, you know, uh, pattern that he's established. So that's why, like, you know, that's why it's easy to, you know, do process and all that, but just, you know, you can understand why fans will jump to conclusions because, like, he doesn't have a history of being, like, a responsible adult. What a, what ends up being a pretty terrible offseason for the White Sox. Hopefully Andrew Benatendi plays as well as we think he will, but good luck, Pedro Grafal. This is your first managing job, and boy, I, we didn't even talk about Aloy Hemenis' comments, which we'll say for another podcast, <laughs> yeah. but that will do it for this episode of the Sox Machine Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we look forward to your comments. I already know, based on Jim's uh, initial writing on the subject, many of you are angry, many of you are frustrated at the White Sox about this situation. You're not alone. We are with you as well in that type of anger and frustration. Uh, But as the news continues to report, we will be reporting it at SoxMachine.com as Major League Baseball provides updates on the situation, the investigation of Mike Clevenger. But right now we are all in a holding pattern. Um, But as Jim mentioned before, pitchers and catchers reporting to Arizona is in three weeks on February 14th, uh, 15th, I should say. Uh, And we'll see what Major League Baseball does uh, before Mike Clevenger arrives to Glendale, Arizona. Yeah, it's just like a case, too, where just, you know, this is the last thing we want to be talking about. Like, you know, yeah. And the last thing anybody wants us to be talking about, because like, you know, especially we're just, you know, two guys talking about domestic violence accusations is not, you know, great. Like, you know, just 
it's such a tough thing to talk about because you have to balance like the whole thing of due process and the whole thing of being, uh, you know, sensitive to, uh, you know, just the whole, you know, all the emotions that go behind it, all the uh, history that individuals have hearing about it, uh, all the trauma can kick up for people who have experience with this or have close, uh, close friends and family who have experienced it with it. Like all of this is terrible. <laughs> all this, like, it's, that's why, like, you know, it's especially for like an entertainment product. This is it's supposed to be allegedly the White Sox are an entertainment product. And like, this is the least, you know, entertaining thing possible. Just, you know, last thing you want from your, uh, you know, supposed escape is to have something that just, you know, kicks a lot of people in the face. And so, you know, I almost feel like, you know, we have to apologize for this, our product being about this because like, you know, we have to talk about it, but also like it's terrible to talk about because if you get my, get mired in the legalities and the technicalities and all the league can do this, like it just, you know, it desensitizes it to like be like about a, you know, theoretical issue. And it just, it is charged and it's just a, Real bad situation to be talking about. And man, it's just, I, I really hope the White Sox have a great answer for this. I do not have much faith that they will. Well, you can follow us on Twitter. We're at Sox Machine. You can follow me on Twitter at Sox Machine underscore Josh. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Sox Machine. If you just discovered the Sox Machine podcast, you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, such as Spotify and Apple Music. For this particular episode, we did not place any ads for this episode i just didn't feel like it was right to do so but big thanks to our patreon supporters that continue to support us at socks machine and our work if you enjoy our work and you would like more you can sign up at patreon.com socks machine where our patreon supporters receive exclusive content ad free versions of both the podcast and website and when we have new socks machine swag in the store they're the first ones to receive it monthly plans start at two dollars again you can sign up at patreon.com slash socks machine the socks machine podcast is a production of socksmachine.com you're on for all things chicago white Sox baseball and part of the blue wire podcast network alongside jim margulis i'm josh nelson thanks for listening and watching whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.